Hygge is about feeling calm, feeling connected to your own sense of well-being and above all, feeling cosy. It's the sense of connection that we're going to look at in today's podcast. So by the end of it, I will have shared with you some ways that we can strengthen connection with the children we work with, their families and our team. It's Kimberly here from Hooga in the Early Years. Now, with all the work I do, I'm all about empowering early educators to be the very best version of themselves by creating that perfect blend of professional knowledge and development alongside valuing your self-care and your well-being. And on today's podcast, we're going to be looking at a big part of Hooga to me, which is that feeling and that sense of connection that sense of connection with the world around us, whether it be the natural world, our family and friends, people in our team, or children and their parents. And as we're spending more and more time connected to our phones and tablets, we're finding our sense of connection with the world around us is fading. And as humans, it's in our blood to spend large amounts of time outside. Think back to our ancestors who would be outside almost all day, hunting and foraging for food, using nature to keep us warm with the woolen blankets, sheepskin rugs, or collecting wood to make a fire. Our bodies are also not meant to be still, staring at screens or sitting in chairs all day. That's why I make it a big part of my daily routine to go out and immerse myself in nature for at least an hour each day. Nature really soothes our senses. Think about when you have a wet playtime in your setting, the effects that it has not only on our body, having to try and control a room full of children that are just feeling like they've got cabin fever, but also on the children as well feeling like they're cramped up in a small space all day. As an early educator, I would often sacrifice my lunch time to take the children outside and get them dressed up so that we could go splashing in the puddles or on a wet and windy walk, because I knew that by doing this, it would make my afternoon so much calmer. And it really was just worth the sacrifice. And so I do believe that one of the beauties that we have working in early years is that we can be flexible, we can be spontaneous, and part of that is responding to the weather and just going with it. When I was in Denmark earlier this year, I observed um, a group of children out on a daily walk. And it was actually really icy and I was quite amazed by the fact that there was a group of probably about 15 two to three year olds walking on the ice um, towards the frozen lake and I was so interested in the fact that yeah it was the middle of the winter and they were outside and yeah the conditions weren't great but I actually started talking to the educators supporting this and they said that every day this group of children will go out from their local preschool um, for a daily walk of about two miles. And the purpose of this is so that the children can become connected or strengthen those connections to the world around them. 
understanding the changes in the seasons, changes uh, that happen to the trees, to the land around them. So the children become familiar with the shops that they walk past, the people that they might see. So they're developing that familiarity within their community as well. Now, I said the educator that I was talking to, but what about the harsh conditions here, the ice and the snow? Does that ever stop you from getting out? And she just said no, because if they let the ice stop them, then they would never get outside. You know, Denmark has such harsh winters, harsh long winters. And so part of the curriculum needs to be built around giving the children the opportunities to experience the natural world. You know, learning to walk on the ice and not to slip is a key life skill for children and adults living and working in Scandinavia. So this becomes a big part of their day. And I love the fact that if we take a look at the Danish early years curriculum, we can see that we've not got um, literacy, we've not got maths as a high priority on there. But what we do have as one of the strands of the curriculum is understanding and experiencing natural phenomena. And this is so crucial. It's about having that connection with what's happening around you and knowing how to develop those key life skills. So I'm going to ask you now, how many of you have felt connected to your natural world today? Stop and pause and just consider this. It's through the daily walk that you've done, maybe looking up, looking around you, walking on crunchy leaves, feeling the coldness or the crispness of the air on your cheeks as you walk through the woods. You don't even have to get out into um, a woodland space. Just go for a walk around your block um, and just notice what you can see, what you can hear, what sort of wildlife do you notice, whether it be the pigeons uh, flying overhead, uh, whether it be a squirrel climbing up a tree just be present. Maybe try and bring some of that nature into your home, adding some driftwood as a centerpiece on your table, adding some shells from a trip to the beach onto a window ledge, and just making that connection with outside. Now, as I've mentioned above, connection isn't just about the natural world around us, but it's about the togetherness that we experience with others. So I wanted to talk to you a little bit about that now. Now, I had um, a little boy in my class a few years ago now that was so disengaged with teaching and school and nursery. He came from a really large family. He had three older brothers that were constantly skipping school, um, getting into fights, running away from home. And he thought that that was just the way he behaved. It was that learnt behaviour. And through getting to know him and building up that relationship, I found out that he loved having a sense of responsibility. He loved being able to help others and feel like he was doing an important job. So I started to plan this into our day. And um, so if we had um, a snack that needed to be uh, set up, I would ask him to come and help me chop the fruit or wash up the cups or set the table. 
And while he was doing this, I would just work alongside him, just listening to what he was saying, just chatting away, and just trying to be a really positive role model in this boy's life. And this really worked, this was really successful, and we started to build up such a good relationship that this then impacted on his behaviour and his motivation to work hard. And so the power of connection was so true here. And that's why as educators, we want to get to know our children. We want to find out what drives them, what fascinates them, what motivates them, what scares them so we can avoid this or we can put a plan in place. Connection is such a powerful tool. The connection with the children's parents is vital as well. Now, often um, when I look back to the types of settings and schools that I've worked in as an early educator, the parents that I had there were very reluctant at first to get involved with anything that we had going on. Most of them had grown up in that community and they'd stayed in that community as an adult. And so their perception of school and education was not always the best. They would see going into school um, as a reminder of the times when they got into trouble themselves. So we really tried to work hard on moving away from this mindset and making school and nursery a more positive experience for our parents. So in the past, I would have had things like um, a phonics workshop or a maths workshop where I would invite parents to come in and I would do a PowerPoint presentation about the way we teach phonics. But this approach just wouldn't work where I was working. And so instead, I decided to look at what my parents liked, what interested them. And I had quite a big group of mums, actually, that loved crafting they loved making things but they didn't always have the money to be able to go to places and buy their own craft supplies so I decided to set up a seasonal craft afternoon where we would invite the parents in maybe um, once a term once a half term and the parents could come in and they could make some crafts with their children it was really relaxed we'd play some nice music there would be tea and coffee some cake that the children had made and the types of crafts that we did were probably not the types of crafts that I would have out in my provision each and every day for the children to do, because I like my learning to be open-ended. But these crafts would be things that would maybe teach children and parents particular skills of cutting or using a hole punch or maybe even doing some woodwork. Um, and giving parents that time with their child so that they could connect. But it also meant that we could discreetly have conversations with the parents um, in a really lovely way. So the parents didn't feel like they'd been um, invited in for a meeting. They felt it was a very um, lovely thing that they were taking part in. And this was so successful. So we did other things as well, like we would have um, a winter craft afternoon where we might make our own Christmas cards or some wreaths that we could take home. Um, and because we were used to doing this, we would just be collecting up things um, over the few months that we were planning the event. Um, we would be asking local businesses um, for donations. We'd go to our wood recycling store and ask them for some offcuts so we could make some wooden toys. And everybody was so supportive of this. 
other things that we did to build up that connection with parents was that we had um, forest school events. So we used some of the money that we had allocated to us for people premium children to pay for a forest school practitioner to come in and work with the children once a week. And we would invite parents to these sessions so that parents could see lots of wonderful ideas that they could do and that they could then take into their own weekends that wouldn't cost a thing because we were using nature. And again, we were just discreetly teaching and modeling skills to them. It was great. It was so successful. And we had so many grandparents and dads coming to these events because they love being outside and they felt comfortable in that environment. Other things we did to build that connection, we had a Frosty the Snowman event, which was actually one of my favourites. So we collected up so much um, junk modelling, recycled materials, and we just opened up the front of our classroom at the end of the day for parents to come and select boxes, tubes, um, button tops, uh, bottle tops, not button tops, uh, buttons, uh, pipe cleaners with their children and then they took these home and together they could work on building and creating their own Frosty the Snowman. And then when these were ready, the parents and children were invited to bring these back into the setting. We've put on a huge exhibition of Frosty snowman models and we had hot chocolate we watched a Christmassy film and it was just delightful and so we really were just showing parents that school and nursery it didn't have to be a place that you dreaded coming into it was nice that we could show that we as educators were normal people we made mistakes we um, had a personality and that all helped us strengthen our connection so there are just a few ideas and I would absolutely love it if you could share some of these ideas um, with me over on social media send me a direct message with it in or um, add it to your stories and tag me into it i'd love to know what you do or if you try any of these ideas after listening to today's podcast now before i go i want to talk to you about connection with your team because a big thing that i get asked about all the time is Kimberly, how can we motivate our team? How can we make our team feel as excited and passionate about early education as we as leaders do? And I say to them, well, a big thing that you're already doing is you yourself as a leader, as a manager, you have got that passion and excitement and you can use that to spread your enthusiasm. We know that the brain absolutely loves imitation. And so if you are giving off such wonderful vibes, then that's going to directly be affected with the people around you. It's like when you think about a conversation with your best friend. So if you could step back and watch yourself talking to your friend, you would see that you're mimicking each other's body language. Perhaps you even find yourself saying the same sayings or um, laughing or using the same types of expression in your voice as them when you get together. That's because the brain loves imitation. So as a leader, you modeling and being passionate is a huge step forward in itself. But then there are other things that we can do. So I heard this 
fabulous idea the other day over on Nursery World where a group of nurseries, I think they've got about 10 nurseries, are having what they call inspiration days. So instead of calling their annual staff training day a staff training day, they are calling it an inspiration day and they're doing staff training with a twist. They are getting people to do their training, so they're paying for outside agencies like people like myself or the Curiosity Approach or the wonderful Pete Morehouse and we and them are coming in and we're running sessions that are really practical and hands-on that are used to spark that excitement in the team. So for instance in the video it showed Pete Morehouse coming in and he worked with um, a group of staff learning lots of woodwork um, opportunities that they can take into their practice and um, learn how to be safe and how to work with young children and wood which is just great. I saw on the video um, practitioners doing science experiments and I think often when we're considering the way that we're working and delivering our staff training, we forget. We forget that when we're learning something new, we need to be engaging all the senses just like we would with a child. So it's no good just having the staff sit there all day listening to you or looking at a PowerPoint. You need to make your sessions really active and really practical and do things that are different, things that will stick in your team's brains and be inspirational. So I really love this idea, a day of inspiration. Again, let me know if you try it. Um, for my staff meetings, at least once a half term, we would go for a walking staff meeting. Many of my staff didn't actually live in the local area that we worked in. So I would make sure that at least once a half term, we would get outside and we would look at what's around us, what natural resources we can use, the kinds of shops that we might take the children to on an explorer walk to deepen an interest or um, a walk up onto the moors where children can observe the heather and the bees at the end of the summer. Unless your staff are familiar with the local area, and even if they are, they might just need some more inspiration. Get out, make your staff meetings a walking staff meeting. Talk about how you can use the areas around you. Give some examples, role model it yourself. Um, and then the last tip that I want to share with you here for developing that connection with your team is spend time as a leader going into the different rooms in your setting and spending quality time in here without having an agenda, without having a purpose about why you're there, without it being um, a supervision meeting or a lesson observation, just go in there and enjoy talking to the children enjoy without being seen as as a worry or a threat that you're judging practice just take in the story that Charlene is sharing with a group of excited four-year-olds but then make the time afterwards to just say thank you or comment on something that you saw that you really loved um, you know, tell Charlene that the way she told the story and had all the children gripped was just incredible. And 
you would love to learn more from her on, on her storytelling technique. Make your staff feel valued. Take time to get to know them. Ask them about their weekend and be genuinely interested. Um, so there we go. There are a few ideas that I just wanted to share with you. So today we've spoken about connection. Connection with the world around us. Connection with your children, your children's families and the connection that you've got with your team. Now, as always, if you've enjoyed this podcast, please do leave me a review over on iTunes. It just helps to get more people um, aware of this podcast and support more practitioners, more early educators, um, because that's what I'm doing this for. I just want to reach as many early educators as I possibly can and just impact what they're doing in a 360 degree way so that we're working on your well-being, your self-care, your health and your professional knowledge and development. Okay, folks, well, I'm going to head off now. I am prepping some training this afternoon for a nursery that I'm working with on Friday. I'm so excited to work with them. I really will make sure that it's a day of inspiration. Okay, well, take care. Have a lovely weekend. Bye.